It's the final hour of the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. We want you to get involved right now on the Neuropathy Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. Many of you. Or on the phone line at 918-879-1170. Man, I was so close. 755 Blitz 1170. Many of you have done that already today. Bryce Hulse in the next room laughing at me once again. I'm Rick Corey. You know, you can train me, but it does take a while, right? Well, it's whenever you, you get distracted by stories and stuff on the computer. It I, is. I, I need to just start being like, hey, hey it's about to come out. <laughs> no, it's not your fault. It's mine. I, actually, this time I was distracted by the text board. Uh, but yes, I, I was distracted uh, by the text board. I looked over here and had gotten a new one. Uh, we mentioned earlier, we were talking about Vern Lundquist earlier, and because Vern is retiring after 40 years, it's will be his last Masters. You know, when Keith Jackson retired, he kind of retired. He retired, but did a few games on the West Coast. And then, what was it? It was several years after his retirement. He came back and did a couple of games, and it was not a good idea, mm. you know, toward the end. I mean, it was still fun because it was Keith Jackson, and you got to hear yeah. that voice, but it just wasn't the same. And, you know, Vern to me he hasn't lost any of it yet and is going to do you know he's just going to go gently into that good night and you yeah. know he's going to have himself a good life i'm sure but it will be his last masters which will make it more special i don't think there's any question it's about 40th that. it's crazy yeah and you know I, I understand i fully understand we are not the story when we're at a game site broadcasting a game but guys who've been around a long time and nance will be the same way quite honestly they do make a difference in those things they become the soundtrack of that so if you're a huge golf fan growing up, the soundtrack to you on television is Vern. Yeah. And now, of course, Tony, I mean, Nance does a lot of golf as well. But And it might have been, like for me in college football, it was Chris Schenkel and it was Keith Jackson. You know, and, and I mean, I can name older guys that you've never heard of, like Lindsey Nelson, who wore the plaid jackets and traditionally did the cotton ball, the old dude. Yeah. I loved Lindsey Nelson watching him. Those guys were iconic to me. And some of these are iconic to, 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 to you know, well, to all of us now, because Vern is too. He's been around so long. I mean, I've been doing this 42 years. He's done 40 masters. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine? Uh, that's, that's pretty cool. And to, to, to bridge that gap is, yeah. is really neat. But it brought me to uh, Tony Romo, which, uh, and I don't even know how I got there early this morning because I don't know how I get to most of these places. <laughs> Actually, I do. Uh, but And I'd mentioned how he, again, once again, just, just uh, irritated the crap out of me during the Super Bowl for the most part. And I said, it's okay, what do you think? And I got one text, and it said, he needs to shut the <clears throat> up. <laughs> and then it said, too needy. You know what? I agree. There are times when he's talking to Jim Nance, it's as though he just wants Jim's approval. Was that good dad? Like that kind of... <laughs> it's a lot like that, yeah. yeah. Do I get ice cream? Mm-hmm. You know, one of those things. And I, again, I, be- I began by kind of being a fan, and I still think his commentary is good at its base, but he's got to cut out some of the other stuff. And then we got another text that said, I really do, I like him because he's trying to explain on a level that people who don't understand football get, and if they do, they can just kind of let it go in and out one Ear and then Kay had texted us at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line. It said, uh, you know, he had one quote during the Super Bowl she thought was really good. I said, yeah, what was it? And when she she writes it, I remember it. He he was talking about Patrick Mahomes early in the game when the Niners had folded him up a couple of times. He'd missed a couple of throws. He had the pick, all that. And Romo said his internal clock is playing very fast right now. And that was not only a good quote, it was a very insightful quote. That comes from a guy who has been there. And I think that's the value of Tony Romo or anybody yeah. else who's done that, Greg Olson or Brady, when he's when he's on the network. Someone who's been there and has played the game and understands, and especially for Romo as a quarterback, knowing that, yeah, you have a whole game in front of you, but you're you're causing your own problem mm. internally. And I think we all looked at Mahomes and thought that's what he was doing. He was pressing really what it is but those are that's a better way to put it and i do agree that's a that's a fantastic quote and it's true and it's one that i'm sure all of us will steal now going forward <laughs> without even thinking about it and then we got another text here at 918-262-5072 that said he's really kind of like aikman and collinsworth they come across as know-it-alls and it gets on your nerves for sure well to me again i think aikman is still very good and honestly i mean Here's where I cross over. I think Collinsworth is good, and I know a yeah. lot of people who hate him. And I and he can sound smug. Yeah, a little bit. He can. He can. He can sound smug. And I remember him as a player. And as a player, he was fine. Mm-hmm. 
but I, he's not the kind of guy that as a player I would consider sounding smug. Now, he's way the hell better than any of us would have been, but, I mean, <laughs> as a player, he, he wasn't, you know, of course he wasn't a tight end, but he wasn't Kelsey or he wasn't, you know, Rishi Rice or any of those guys, but he had a really good career. I get that. Yeah. And he played with he played on a really good team with fascinating quarterbacks. Uh, and I so I, I like that. And then I think Aikman, in my opinion, it's just my opinion, I think Aikman has gone a little bit more toward arrogant mm. sounding. I don't know that he is. I've I gosh, have I ever met him? No. I've never even interviewed him. So I, I don't know that he is. I know Jeremy has inter- had the opportunity to interview him, and I do know, but <laughs> before the interview, the uh, person comes on the line because you don't call Troy Aikman, <laughs> right? <laughs> you call, call a handler, <laughs> right? And then that person said, you have seven minutes on the dot. Man. Yeah, that's you're trying to wrap up a career. And really, that was about his music festival in Henrietta. Okay. Uh, but the, you also, and you know, when someone tells you, like I interviewed Joe Montana, because Joe Montana was a spokesman for a blood pressure medication place. Mm. Well, I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to interview <laughs> Joe Montana, but now I have to ask him about that. thought y'all were going to have some Guinness bottles with <laughs> you or right. something. Sure, kid. It's a great commercial, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And, you know, and so when you're doing that, now in that case, I didn't have seven minutes. It's a little bit easier. Right. But yeah, you start or end by talking about whatever it is they want to talk about. You know, why did you become a spokesman? And I do think you can, you can I think, make that somewhat interesting. Because it can be, look, I understand you're doing this. What is your personal interest? Find out. Maybe it's his dad. Maybe it's his mom. Maybe it's him. Yeah, and you find out a little bit about that. And I had an opportunity to talk to him. Well, in seven minutes to talk to Troy Aikman about his music festival and then to try to get into anything with his broadcaster playing career is nearly impossible. Uh, some, you know, if a guy gives you a 45-second um, answer and you ask a 30-second question, do the math. It doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're out of time. Uh, but I do think Aikman got a little bit more toward that lately. I still think he's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, for whatever reason, he speaks on my level. I, I, and I don't mean that I'm above anybody else. I just mean it. whatever he says, it works for me. It comes mm-hmm. right to my ears, and I process it very well. I think that about Collinsworth, too, but I do understand why people think there's a smugness there. Yeah. Now, he's working with Tariko, and Tariko is just, mm. I've met him multiple times. He's the nicest guy ever. I bet. So, you know, when you work with someone like that who doesn't in, interfere and lets you go do that. But, again, that's the, that's a sign of a good play-by-play guy, right? He yeah. is not interjecting himself on Chris Collinsworth, who played the game while Mike didn't. And if you've ever seen Mike in person, you'll know he didn't. <laughs> 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 not, no, not. I saw him the first time I met him. He was walking out of a, let's see, we were at a, we had just finished a bowl game broadcasting a Tulsa Bowl game. I think we were in Mobile for the GMAC Bowl, one of the two GMAC Bowls. And he and Gary Danielson were walking out together. And, of course, Danielson's a former player, right? So he's this tall dude in this $500 suit, and he's got a nine-inch cigar, you know, and he's looking all happy with himself. And Tariko looked like a busboy, <laughs> literally. <laughs> he's like a Buddy Hackett. As he comes rolling out, and they were, they were walking by with their luggage, and I just said, hey, I just want to say hello. Yeah, you know, I listen to you guys, you know, and watch you guys on TV. I'm, I'm the Tulsa guy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and he, and Tariko could have been nicer. And Danielson did, did give him half a flip. He just kept walking. But um, Tariko. Danielson was, was Lundquist's long time partner, right? Yeah, for CBS. Yep, yeah. yeah. I didn't think and he that. just, he just wandered by. <laughs> but Tariko was really nice about it. And we, mm-hmm. we visited a little bit and talked about network and all that kind of stuff. And I said, hey, I'd love to have you on. Sure, call the network. Well, I did. And of course. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm calling from Tulsa. I'd like to talk to Mike Tarico. Yeah, right. Yeah, same thing. Sure, kid. You you make him give him your cell phone number. <laughs> sure, kid. Yeah, I yeah. want the direct line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not happening. At any rate, uh, I can understand Collinsworth maybe gets away with it a little bit more because of that. Mm-hmm. Because there are certain guys who would put you in your place. I mean, if you tried that with an older-time broadcaster, they would put you in your place. And I don't know whether off the air Nance ever says anything or Nance just likes what Romo does. I don't have a clue. Uh, either way, uh, I think those are good points because those two can sound like that. I still don't personally have a problem with it. I think they sound I, – I still enjoy their their communications. It's 805 here on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Hall, so I'm Rick Corey. I, I thought this was really interesting. Before we get our break, and I'll do this, and I won't, we, I want to still tell you to come – We've got the Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey podcast from yesterday where Jason holds Travis accountable for the Andy Reid bumping. And I want to play that for you again. Plus, I haven't played this yet, but (laughs) the Jason Kelsey videos as he wandered around Vegas in a luchador mask. Well, he explains that on the podcast, and it's classic Kelsey Brothers. 
that I want to get to. Plus, we have other news. And we we told you yesterday, Mama Kelsey flew commercial back to KC. And it was Southwest. And uh, the Southwest flight attendant said, we have a celebrity on board and blah, blah, blah. Well, she's not the only one. And I will get into that coming back uh, because I want to do a little Kelsey segment there. Before we do that, though, I mentioned Florida. Now, when A&M did what they did with their collectors a couple of years ago, one of the things Scott Filan did on the air, and I'm sure you did it with, with Colby and Pop, too, on the air in the afternoon, was this can't last. If you, you, know, you collect millions and millions and millions of dollars, and in that case, it was like 235 mil to hand out to people, which, by the way, most of it never got collected or even handed out. It was mm-hmm. just announced. Um, but if you do that, eventually someone who does give money is going to want to return on investment. So if you do that and you go recruit all these five stars and you sign all these five stars and then half of them are flame outs, which is going to happen. Well, probably not half, but you're going to have, you're going to have, you know, they signed. It was the the best recruiting class in history, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have a certain percentage of those who turn out to be knuckleheads and they're gone. And what was it? Three or four or five of those guys who left the program immediately, three of them are already out of the game because Mm -hmm. if their other teams, they were just as dumb. And did just as stupid of things, and they're gone. They're not even, I mean, they may be playing who knows where now, but they didn't make it. But you knew, unless you came out that next year and won the damn league, which you're not going to do, or won your side, which would still be hard, or at least upset some people and went to a major ball game, someone's going to want to return on their investment. They didn't get it. And we said at the time, this can't, this is not sustainable. And it's not. Which is why I think we've seen it morph into more of a, uh, a little like what Kevin Wilson talked about at Tulsa, and it's not really an NIL, it's not really a collective, it's the school and the way they're doing it, but it was based on academic performance. And suddenly, when they gave extra money for academic performance, as, and it's really kind of toward academics, if you will, but it's money, they suddenly had 79 guys with a GPA of 3 or better. Suddenly had 79. Huh, what about merit-based and meritocracy? Yeah, it's a motivating factor, right? You would think, right? It's because it's not, I, what did I say, what did we, we've got a promo that says, you're going to have, if you have a quarterback making this much and you got an offensive tackle working his tail off making one twentieth of that, you will get dissent in the locker room. Yeah. Well, now we're seeing the people like Florida. Florida football. Florida football. Can't raise money for the NIL. They're struggling. They have the Gator Collective. They have fans aren't engaging. People aren't giving numbers. It was the seventh most searched SEC team in the last night last ninety days. That's all seventh. Now I know there are a good number of teams in the SEC, but it was seventh. Now search doesn't mean you were you got money. It just means you were searched. Bottom line is they're struggling to raise money. Now they haven't been great. And Billy Napier, they may be already thinking Billy Napier is a miss. And in thinking that, maybe the people are, well, I'm going to wait to give you money. Well, that too, if you've got that money, becomes a meritocracy, doesn't it? Yeah. Earn it by winning on the field. Well, some schools are saying we can't earn it and win until we get it. I mean, you can't build a house till you have bricks. Yeah. And in this case, Florida might be out of bricks. But still, it's Florida football. And when would you think Florida football, in a state like that, would have a hard time raising money with the Emmett Smiths of the world as, you know, and the guys like Spurrier who've been there and the national championships in their past and the Tebow's and the Urban Myers, all those people, you think that's the only one? Nah. Yeah. They're just admitting it. Well, and it's a big market, right? And it's, uh, when you think about other schools like Florida State and Miami who have mm-hmm. found some success there, still, it's the University of Florida. You're you're the school of the state, Right. I think it's just always going to be a chicken or the egg type thing. You're going to have people mm-hmm. that want to see results first, and especially when you see a situation like Texas A&M, like you were kind of talking about earlier, uh, people are going to be very sh- uh, shy um, of, of just going all in and trying to kind of sell their soul, if you will, to try and get a good football team, especially if it doesn't go the right way. And, and you saw one of the biggest issues that they had was with – Jaden Rashada, the guy who's at Arizona State right now, that quarterback, because he had a $13 million deal fall through at Florida. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, we've seen examples of these time time again. Well, again, we go back to that A&M collective, and it's not just because, you know, I have a daughter there and I'm a fan. But when it happened, we said, will they ever collect it? And A, will they, you know, and B, will people get that money? And then you saw those guys leaving the program and those guys saying, we never saw any of that. 
Yeah. I mean, there are players who left there who were those five-star guys saying they never got a penny. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm, I'm an old-school guy. I don't think you should go for money. But right. still, I mean, I know it's a part of the thing. you got to live. And I've always hated the NCAA rules where you can't pay athletes anything, which I've always thought was stupid. Mm-hmm. Come on. You're making money off their jerseys. So what that, and that's what NIL began as. If you're making money off the kid's jersey, shouldn't he make something? Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, he, I and he I should get, be able to do that without then say breathing down your back. Well, you this, know? some of the stupid rules. I think I've said this before, but I, I was interviewing George Allen, the old famous NFL head coach. We, we was for the he was with the Redskins for you know a long time, and they were great, and they had those great games with the Cowboys. And he wanted to coach late in his career, and he was at Long Beach State. I know Long Beach State. Who would think, right? Mm-hmm. And he was on the air with me one time, and we were talking about. You know, the, the the nuances going from the NFL, especially to college, and then having to navigate that and what those rules were. And he said, you know, at Long Beach, much like at Memphis, and I don't know, I know Memphis was building a new facility. I don't know if they've gotten it there yet, but the practice facility wasn't even at the school. So wow. you might get dressed at the school, but you had to transfer yourself to the practice facility. And Mr. Allen was saying he had a driver. He's getting, he was getting older. And at the end of a practice, they were on the way back to the school. And their players are walking back. And and he said it was several blocks. One of them was hurt. And he was kind of limping along. It's Long Beach. They didn't have a card or anything. He said, hey, pull over. Let's pick him up. And the guy said, we can't. That's an NCAA violation. Goodness. Now, I don't know. I mean, that's probably been changed now. But at the time, you couldn't do that. And I just, and, you know, John Cooper famously said, when I can read, when he said, when I can fit the NCAA rule book in my back pocket, I'll read it. <laughs> and until then, it was this massive, stupid thing that had all these, you know, weird things in it. Who knows how that's going to change? 450 pages officially, I think. Yeah, something like that. Crazy. Yeah, I guess if really small print, you could put it in your pocket. But there were <laughs> there were stupid rules that would made it really difficult to do anything for athletes who had were spending most of their time on football and quote-unquote school uh but at some schools they were at school too and on football but yet they couldn't make more than there was a little bit of a stipend but almost nothing and they were the only ones who were told you can't work outside this what do you mean you can't work i mean you're gonna you're gonna tell them you can't take your attention away from football to, to get some money to be able to earn a living and be able to drive to and from your home or whatever but we can require you to be here x number of hours that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But what we saw initially was just make money off your name, and then it became, well, there's more than one guy. And you know what they're doing at Utah where everybody gets a truck is kind of cool, or what they're doing at Texas where every offensive lineman gets something kind of cool. But what you're finding out with Florida here is you can't just start throwing money at big-name recruits and hope it all sticks to the wall. Doesn't oh, yeah. work. And it, it, it is exactly, as we said, failing in many places. Yeah, it's it's found a, a loophole, right, for, for many different programs. There's a loophole now, whereas at the beginning, again, it seems pretty simple that kids can just find a way to make money off mm-hmm. themselves. It, it works in some ways, like Texas, after years of mediocrity and no continuity, <laughs> you find a way to pay your offensive lineman 50 Gs. You know, it, it'll work in some ways, but it can also just spiral your program down even further down the drain. Well, when you when you go through a situation like they had with Rashida and you, you, you know, you, you promise something and you lose the guy and then it all falls apart. And now you don't have any money there. What do you think all the people who are now motivated by money are thinking when they hear the name Florida? Nah. Oh, yeah. How hard is it going to be to come back from that? That's probably harder to come back from than a three win season. You know, you yeah. could get a three-win season in Florida, and you could be those players out there, and they're players with this mindset. Yeah, but I can fix it. And yeah. those kids you want, you want those guys because they come in with that, you know, I'm going to – I like it here. This is where, say, my family was or I grew up a fan, and by golly, I'm going to make it Florida again. Find that strategy through the portal as well. Correct. <laughs> but if you're, if too. the whole thing is based on money, now it's like, yeah, not there. Oh, yeah. And so you changed – and changed in many reasons, of course. And well, in a lot of ways, you changed why they even pick a school. How much does loyalty at all have to do with it anymore? Some places it does. Some of the stuff you've seen lately at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, cowboy culture, want to be a Sooner, Sooner way, things like that. Those things live some places, but they don't yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And that's I think we're going to see more of that. So 8.15 on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Holtz. I'm Ray Corey. Okay, when I come back, I want to get you the Kelsey Brothers stuff I was talking about, including Jason holding Travis accountable for that Andy Reid bump. And we'll let him tell you the luchador story, too, on the mask, because, God, it's funny, and especially at the end. We'll do that next here on the Blitz 1170 from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio.
The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Our in-state women's college basketball teams were three for three in victories tonight, starting with the or last night, starting with Oklahoma State Cowgirls. They ended a six-game losing skid as they beat Texas Tech in Lubbock, 60 to 50. Anna Gusters led the Cowgirls with 24 points. Freshman Staley Hurd added 16. The Oklahoma Sooners improved to 12 and one in league play for the first time since 2009. They made the Final Four that year as they beat the Baylor Bears and Norman, 84 to 73. Kirsten Johnson led the team with 20 points off the bench. Peyton. Van Holst had a double-double with 16 points and 11 rebounds. And the TU Golden Hurricane were down 13 with five and a half minutes to go. We were able to rally to beat UTSA 74-70. Tamara Poindexter was the game's leading scorer with 20 points. Delaney Crawford had 15. That's the winner roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. That's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. We've had several people on it this morning. Thank you once again. And including, we had, you know, we were talking about with Vern Lundquist's retirement. We got into you know guys who do this for a living, people who are announcers for a living, and, and Romo came up, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there were there, there were a few you know a couple of people yeah I kind of like him I, I kind of don't get this text from three oh five three we're talking about Roma he said he tells us what he would do instead of what's happened and he said it's the Chris Collinsworth haters who like Tona who like Romo and vice versa which I hadn't even considered that and, and then said uh, I, that uh, this texture believes that Troy and Joe are pretty classy of course talking about Aikman and Joe Buck meanwhile. This one comes in about the NIL when we were talking about NIL. Uh, this comes from someone who had a great tweet, uh, I don't know, about a week ago that I laughed at. It says, what if the school makes money off an athlete's jersey and that money goes into a collective? It's divided equally to all players. I suppose you'd have to determine how much they play, but a percentage could be done and it would be equal. To which I responded, that's 100% what I've always agreed with. And when Manziel's jersey was selling like crazy at a and I don't think Manziel should have gotten all the money. You know, if you if you go back to Billy Sims day, if that were today and Billy Sims was on campus at Oklahoma, you wouldn't be able to keep his jersey in stock <laughs> or, you know, and, and you couldn't probably with Baker or Kyler or, or any of those guys. And I've always thought that very thing that goes into a big pot and then you collectively break out how much each person plays and even people who don't and everybody gets some of that. That's the and that's the way this should work. And I mean, you can argue with me all day, but. Tell me something that makes more sense. It's still merit-based because the person or people who are making the bigger amp- impact would get a bigger amount, right. but wouldn't get all of it. I, I, to me, that just makes sense. And I said, yep, that's exactly what I've always thought should happen as well. And not that they'll ever do that, although the NCAA is trying to put some, you know, now, after they <laughs> open the, uh, the corral and let all the cattle and horses out, they're saying, well, let's see if we can gather them. Mm-hmm. Well, you're only, you know, they're now from Kansas to Montana, and your idiots are sitting there in your office. Maybe you actually try and enforce the rules that you just had written there uh, and never even touched, though. <laughs> oof. All right, so something more fun. Well, uh, fun. The Super Bowl commercials were great. We know that. We also know that the um, the parade didn't, obviously, wasn't fun because of the shootings there yesterday, which we've addressed. We don't have any other new information. There was the one death, 22 were shot overall. The other 21 are expected to recover. Three people have been detained. No names have been released. We don't know that. But we do know that during the Super Bowl, one of the things that got the most attention was Travis Kelsey's bump of Andy Reid. And there was response to that immediately. And my immediate response was, you don't do that to your head coach. I don't care how mad you are. Sure. You don't do that. That's out of line. Well, on their podcast yesterday, the Kelsey brothers talked about it, and I was really happy to hear Jason Kelsey, he didn't let Travis get away. He held him accountable for that. I want to play part of that podcast as the two of them are talking about that moment, and it starts with Jason Kelsey. The broadcast showed you having a heated exchange with Coach Reed. <laughs> so heated. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. I can't get 
that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. I immediately wish I would have took it back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know. Hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f***ing victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with you. You got to have your head on a swivel because next time he gets fired up at you, he's coming hot at you. You know that. Oh, yeah, I deserve it. If he would have cold cocked me in the face right there, I would have just ate it and just been like, yeah, let's f***ing go. I'm not trying to make this situation acceptable, but this is what happens when you have highly motivated, passionate individuals. This doesn't happen if you and Andy are as close as you are that's what nobody knows the reason this happens is because you two love each other so much and respect each other so much that you feel open enough to have an interaction like this it wasn't me mad at coach reed as as it looks it was the frustration of our team not having success turning the ball over and me being on the sideline just on not the sideline damn it it was pleading with your head coach to let you go out there and win this month that's what it was. Me and you both know what it was. Andy knows what you mean to him and what he means to you. You know, I, I do agree with part of that. I, you know, I, I understand that's the passion of a of a, a guy who really wants to win. I'm I'm not sure that was just um, just hey, I'm I'm really excited to win. I think there was some complaining going on there as well. Yeah. But I'm glad Jason and Jason said, look, I'm not trying to condone it, but. And he's right. You're in the you're in the heat of battle like that. I mean, you know, he's t- Todd Graham would fire three coaches during a game every game. I mean, Bill Blankenship said he got fired during that Arkansas game like four times, and, and you know, he never he, he never meant it. And it was he always was back there on Sunday. It was, right? Yeah, it was always it was always okay the next day. Although I'm sure some people you know had a difficult time in film sessions uh, because I know what Todd said to me after that game was. Got a guy shorter than me running downfield on kickoff. Me beat us. <laughs> I wasn't happy about that. Uh, but the emotions do carry on. You have to like, of course, the best thing about it was Andy Reid not losing emotion. Not yeah. just keeping control of himself and then saying later, I get it, but there's decorum here. But I like Jason holding him accountable. And Travis, you heard him say, I shouldn't have done that. All right, so on that very same podcast, they talked about the luchador mask, which will live in infamy forever. You know, not only the memes and pictures of Jason Kelsey getting off the plane and strolling into Vegas to own it, dressed like Zach Galifianakis from the, the Hangover, but the legendary night when he followed basically Travis and Taylor Swift around in a luchador mask. There is video of him standing up uh, in a big dance club, and he's standing on what looks like to be a riser, and he's got overalls on in this luchador mask, just doing the head banging. And then late in the in the evening, when I think it turned out to be like five five thirty in the morning, yeah, when they're wandering back to the hotel, he is so wasted he can hardly stand up. And I'm not condoning that. He just it was funny though, and he almost face plants in the shrubs again in the luchador mask. So I don't know about you, me, Rick Corey thought. Oh, he had that with him. He bought it. He thought it was funny. What did you think, Bryce? I, I thought that he brought it and he was prepared for, you know, the Super Bowl after party. That's what my first thought nope. was. Here's here's Ooh. how he got it. Found the mask on the dance floor. Stop the first it. after party spot. Did you at least like just give it a quick rinse under the sink? No. Where was I going to rinse it off, Travis? <laughs> just just say. You see a luchador mask. You don't ask questions. I for sure thought I was getting pink eye. There's found the mask on the dance floor. Stop. <laughs> I love how he almost sounded disgusted at the idea of rinsing it. Travis goes, at least rinse it, right? He goes, no. It's like, that's more disgusting? You find a luchador mask, you don't ask questions. You know what? Put that on a bumper sticker. It's a brand new rule for my life. (laughs) (laughs) And I wouldn't. And then the the funniest, I knew I was getting pink eye. (laughs) Look, if you've ever had that, uh, I had it once because I caught it from my daughter. Mm. And it's... It's just, I mean, it's not going to kill you. It doesn't yeah. really even hurt that much. It's just so weird looking and inconvenient. Mm-hmm. And we caught it. <laughs> we were on vacation in Catalina in March. We had taken Delaney for spring break because it's her birthday is, is March 11th. 
and we'd taken her out to surprise her and take her to Disneyland, and she got to make her own cake. They have a special thing at Disney you can do, quote-unquote, behind the scenes. And they have their characters, and the chefs come out, you know, their character dress as a chef, and the kids get to make their own cake. And so we had we went to do that, and we went over to visit the island for a couple of days. Well, March is very chilly in Catalina, and there, but there still weren't a lot of rooms. So we got this small room. It wasn't very expensive. And literally all three of us were in one bed. And it was, oh. I think, a full size. <laughs> but it got Hopefully. so cold, and the rooms out there, many of the rooms out there don't have heat because it's so, temp, it's so temperate. But it got so cold, there was frost on the inside of the window of the room. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Well, Delaney ended up with pink eye. We didn't know that initially, and she's sleeping between us. Well, guess who else got mm. on vacation? So you got both. You got one or both eyes just swollen, almost completely shut. Mm. Like you either have some vital disease you're going to die from, and nobody wants to get anywhere near you, and you can't. I mean, it is contagious. I mean, you, yeah. it's passable to somebody else. So you know, then I get it, and then she already has it, and oh, it was horrid. So I, when he said that, I just cackled because I, I just can imagine. Yeah, I would. You know what? I see it. I'd think that, too. You know what? It's a luchador mask. You don't ask questions. But you know what? I'm going to get pink eye. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be waiting on that update. See if he's still good for right now. All right. Now, one of the Kelsey brothers did something I think is interesting and, and not kind of unusual, quite honestly. But I'm going to let Bryce tell you what that is when we come back on the other side of this break. It's 830 on the Blitz 1170. Our neuropathy treatment clinic of Oklahoma text line is 918-262-5072. Welcome to the uh, comment, you know, emotional outbursts, as I've always said. Also, I, when we come back after we, we do the Kelsey brother thing, I also want to get into the firing yesterday of Steve Wilkes. I'm going to show you or give you some comparison numbers on that Niners defense. Then Jeremy probably did some of this yesterday, being a huge Niners fan on the show with Pop and Colby. But I want to do that for you as well when we come back right here on the blitz 1170 don't look now but the blitz is on tiktok follow along at the blitz 1170 from the oklahoma sports desk it's time for a two-minute drill on the blitz 1170 and streaming on the blitz 1170 app the tu men's basketball team lost to conference leading south florida last night 69 to 50 three-point shooting certainly made the difference as the bulls made 13 as opposed to tulsa's two P.J. Haggerty once again led the Hurricane with 19 points. The Kansas City Chiefs extended defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola. Spagnola guided the Chiefs to their second-best scoring defense. They allowed an average of 17.3 points per game. And as you heard Rick say just before the break, the 49ers fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes after just one season with the franchise. San Francisco was third in points allowed this season. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. We always like hearing from you. We're in the Tulsa Weather's Hockey Studio here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on theblitztulsa.com. Uh, Bryce Hulse in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. Okay, before I leave this, uh, the Tony Romo thing, Gretchen sent a link, and this is funny, uh, along with a comment. She said Romo reminds her of a certain character from an animated movie and kind of how needy he is. Well, I found what she's talking about, saw the clip. I've got it for you here. Now imagine, I think you'll know, I think you'll know what this is as soon as we play it. Imagine if the first voice you hear is Romo and the second is Jim Nance. Here we go. Oh, pick me. Oh, I know. I know me, me. Okay, fine. The donkey from Shrek. <laughs> pick me, pick me, pick me. And then Romo is yes. Shrek. All right, fine. All right, that, that's funny. I like that. That is funny. That is a really nice fine Gretchen. That is a perfect way to describe that's a nice that. Nice boulder. It is. You can. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, you've seen Shrek. All yeah, right. Shrek. I saw Shrek on Broadway. Ooh. It was my first Broadway show. Really? Larry Play Payton, God bless him, when he was here, when one of Lindsay's after her 2009 surgery, uh, you know, when Lindsay first got sick when she was four, I, I said, or had the term where I said, what is it you want to do? And I told myself moving from forward from that point on, I don't care how many jobs I had to work or what I had to do, that I would never say I wish I had. 
mm-hmm. with my kids and with travel and things like that. So I'd always ask them, what is it you'd like to do? She wanted to, at that point, she wanted to go to Disney, which we did. But then after the 2008 surgery, she'd always wanted to go to New York. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I know a guy. So I got all the Larry, and, and I didn't ask him for anything. I just said, hey, look, I want some advice on some things. You know, I had not been there at that point ever. No, I'm sorry, that's not, no, I hadn't been there. The, the, right. the, the fifth no, year anniversary, right? No, that's right. I, right. No, I'd been there for the fifth and the tenth. So and I'd already, I had been there for that to cover that. But I'd not done it as a tourist. Because when I was there, I mean, obviously where I was working, working was paying for the rooms and things like that. And we had a very, we weren't tourists. We didn't do yeah. anything touristy. We went and worked. But it was by the book, too. Like you're, oh, yeah. You're it had to be. Yeah. Right. It had to be. So I, I hadn't done any of that. Um, as a matter of fact, I hadn't left a probably 10-square-block area at that time. So I asked Larry, and he said, all right. He said, he said uh, here's some things. And we, I wrote some, some, a lot of stuff down. And he goes, look, I'm going to actually get you a reservation at a hotel on Times Square. And he said, they give me a special rate, and, and then we paid for it, but Larry got us our rate. So we stayed at one of the two hotels you see in Times Square where they broadcast from for New Year's Eve. We were there. We were, in, we were in one of those hotels, which was just fantastic, obviously, being right there. And then we paid Larry's rate, which was still, you know. Mm. Uh, but the other thing he said, he said, let me get you into a show. Because Larry had a lot of weight. and I mean, he carried and still does. that. You know, celebrity Attractions carries weight. So he got us into Shrek. Well, Larry mm. came up, and he brought his son, Drew, who, another still a really good friend. Kelly, my son, and Drew went to school together. Uh, and and we, they went with us. We went to dinner, and then we went to see Shrek. And it was supposed to have two of the biggest stars in Broadway, and both of them had the night off and had understudies. <laughs> but we saw it, and it yeah. was the first time doing it. And like anybody else, if you've, if you've ever been there, and if you haven't, I understand, you walk in and you go, wow, this is little. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how small those theaters are. Yeah. You know, they're not big. They are just classy. And then I was fortunate enough later to see Once and Kinky Boots, both uh, in New York as well, both, once again, as part of what Celebrity Attractions had set for us. It was really very nice. At any rate, we'd gotten a chance to go and do those things, and I thought that was just really a lot of fun. And but that's when we'd seen Shrek, which I thought was cool. All right, so I want to get back to this now. Yesterday at the parade, you know what's going to happen. I mean, for what you saw yesterday, Bryce— what was your favorite moment or picture or like, oh, yeah, I expected that moment out of the out of the guys at the parade? I'm talking about the Chiefs. Uh, one, one that I saw that was pretty funny to me because it reminded me of you'd seen this moment with guys like Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford in the past, which was Nick Wright, who does, you know, his Fox Sports mm-hmm. show. He's and he was on Dan Patrick earlier this week. He's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, and he had an interaction with Travis Kelsey where he was trying to talk with him, and Travis Kelsey just wrapped him up into this bear hug and was celebrating <laughs> with him. And it was like, okay, see, so obviously this probably doesn't happen on your day-to-day basis, but for the parade, with what they've been consuming, it, it seemed pretty on par. And it made me think of, you know, Matthew Stafford had his moment, I yeah. remember, uh, when that when that poor lady she ended up being okay at the end, but yeah. uh, that poor lady mm-hmm. fell off the end of the stage, and then Platform, Matthew man. Stafford's wife like runs over to her and he just kind of like turns out like and just goes back and, <laughs> I, I think the i think the funniest part is with tom brady's super bowl when we look at the past super bowls and all the celebration tom brady was obviously pretty loaded yeah he was still able to toss the lombardi trophy from boat to boat you know he's still he's still the goat at the end of the day of being able to control it all when you know that he's pretty plastered being able to is a stretch <laughs> he pretty much just chunked it <laughs> And you could tell Gronk, who was more on his senses than Brady, was like, oh, my God, he's throwing that. Now, the bay out there. the chemistry, man. Yeah, the bay out there is not terribly deep. They would have been able to find it. But when he did it, you saw the panic on Gronk's face. But then you saw Brady later being being helped leave. Mm Who I mean, and considering what that guy ate and consumed on a regular basis, he probably hadn't had more than a drink. Goodness, <laughs> I would imagine that would be enough to get him it, that it way. It wouldn't take much, right? No. But yesterday, you know, I saw initially a reporter interviewing a guy who was laying down, I mean, flat laying down in the middle of a street, mm-hmm. which had been closed off, who was only wearing like sweatpants and shoes, no shirt, and he had a giant bottle of Hennessy. And that was Willie Gay. Yeah. <laughs> Slang there uh, like that in the street. And the reporter just got down there with him <laughs> to do the interview. And that's when I went, yeah. And then I saw, you know, a couple of other comments from guys. And you heard the, hey, you know, the, the, you know, the drunk thing. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, that, that thing. I see you. Yeah. But then uh, it was uh, time for whatever reason, Travis Kelsey to do a little 
Ugh. Garth Brooks. And you really need to hear it. I mean, actually, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think they'll be playing this version no, in Stillwater no. to start the fourth quarter every year this fall, right? <sighs> I do apologize in advance, but and there'll be little pauses, and once you hear Mahomes grab the mic, and then at the end of this, Kelsey is like the guys at the the famous video this week at the Wasted Management Open of the one <laughs> dude who was standing bent almost into a complete U, but somehow still standing. When somebody finally went over to help him. And Kelsey's about to do that when Mahomes grabs him and and takes the mic. But for whatever reason, and Kelsey had the lyrics written on a a, a piece of paper. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was a phone or a paper. Nope, I think think it was a paper, a piece of paper in front of him. And here we go. Oh, my roots. I sewed up in boots and ruined the Niners affair. The last one to know, we were the last one to show, we were the last one they thought they'd see there. Or wish they were there. And I saw the surprise, that fear in their eyes, and when we took that glass of champagne, Pat, Pat took that glass of champagne, I promise you. When I took, and I toasted you. Only we do what I never What? <laughs> I got a friend in the place Yeah, it didn't get any better from there right right on and <laughs> the part where he turns what? <laughs> It, it makes so much sense that he's dating the biggest pop star in the world, right? <laughs> what do you think her reaction was? Oh my gosh! Uh, that one of my first thoughts was a typical number, and and then B, not number B, <laughs> B. Taylor Swift must be horrified. Uh, worst or, karaoke party ever. Or maybe maybe a cross between pride and horrified. I don't know. I don't know where she mm. would stand on that. A slight cringe in the audience. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> the difference between that. And what Ben Affleck did with Duncan is Ben knew it was for fun. <laughs> <laughs> that that man singing is 100% serious. <laughs> Holy cow, that was bad. And can you imagine this morning what he or any, I mean, obviously with the tragedy that happened afterwards and the shooting there, that's where everyone's attention is. Mm-hmm. And again, I, we started the show by talking about it. And I said as we started, we can't spend three hours just talking about that. We know what we know. We don't know any more yet. And at the same time, we're going to still try to have a good time here while we treat that appropriately. But all this stuff happened before. And I just wonder, of all those guys, the Willie Gays and him who were like that, and Mahomes was three sheets too, mm-hmm. <laughs> how they feel today. Yeah. And and how, I I wonder, how in the world are the Kelsey brothers' livers still living See, a, a part of me thinks that Jason Kelsey should retire and just follow Kel, or follow his brother Travis and Taylor, if they're still together, and just go from game to game and party it on, but that might not be a good idea. I'm telling you, again, I, you know, when he's, he was wandering around with the luchador mask and, and the overalls, it looked as though he was one on, one of those, on one of those kid leashes, and they were just <laughs> pulling him around behind him everywhere they went. And, and then you got to think, what's Mama Kelsey and Papa Kelsey thinking? Well, they're grown men. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Ish. <laughs> Jason gave us our grandchildren. That's just keep telling yourself that, right? <laughs> and then if you're Jason's wife, who refuses to wear Chiefs gear, still, yeah, wore the Cincinnati gear. Yeah, she wore she wore Cincinnati red stuff. She and she said, "I just can't. I can't do it." Mm-hmm. Jason apparently puts it all aside for his brother, and I get that. But but you know, Kylie's like, "Nope." But if you're Kylie yeah. and you're back at the hotel, you just don't know what the hell Jason's going to do and is he going <laughs> to come home. But we told you yesterday that leaving to go back to Kansas City, Mama Kelsey just flew southwest. And that surprised some people. It was my wife who found it, and she was surprised. But, Bryce, you found something else. Yeah, so we heard about Mama Kelsey uh, flying commercial, and then a picture went viral of Jason Kelsey walking through Delta with a bag over his shoulder. Now, Jason Kelsey has a net worth of fourteen and a half million, or forty-five million. He makes fourteen and a half million a year. Brother just won the Super Bowl. He's dating a billionaire. 
there could be a possibility that maybe Jason just missed a flight for, at his private hangar or whatever. But still, I think that's a man of the people moment. You know, there, there, there could be a possibility that he would still find a way to make his connections work if that was the case. But no, he's flying commercial because he is a man of the people. I got to think he just flew commercial. Now, I, I yeah. would imagine he was in first class and, and possibly I'll just because he's a big dude. And yeah, right. you're not going to be terribly comfortable in some of those. I mean, I, as a guy who's got a rear end the size of theirs, even though I have no <laughs> muscles like that, that's really probably, well, yeah, it's got to be my only muscle because certainly there's not one in my head. Uh, that's not easy. So I would imagine he was first class. You would think he certainly would be. You know, right. Mama Kelsey on Southwest, they're all the same. Yeah, there's yeah. no first class, right? So <laughs> the only thing I ever hated on Southwest, and I, I got full disclosure, we fly Southwest anytime we can, and I know people have had problems with every airline. I've, I have too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, with, and when I'm fortunate with Tulsa and basketball and football, we always were chartered. So <clears throat> never had that. Well, had a couple of uh, commercial flights, but not very many. But with the family, it's always been, you know, certainly it's been that. And we like Southwest because we don't pay for bags. And when I'm taking dive gear, that's extra stuff. And traditionally, at least where we go, we've had less problems. They have, <clears throat> to me, one time, that, but just mm-hmm. once. And I've had others who I won't name who have shops here who have left me in various places overnight multiple times. I've mm-hmm. driven back from Dallas four times when... I couldn't get out. And when it's weather, I get it. Mm-hmm. But I had one of them once when I, before Lindsay had, when she was still very highly functioning, she was flying to see her brother in Pittsburgh. And was quite comfortable with her being able to do that. She was certainly capable of doing it. Well, she got to Chicago, <clears throat> and I was always keeping track, right? She got to Chicago, and she calls and says, they've canceled my flight. And so we talked about what to do. So we explained, we talked through it again. But at that point, she's a little panicked. She, yeah. you know, she didn't know quite what to do. She didn't know where her bags were because her flight was still, you know, her bags had been on an airplane, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I talked her through what to do. <clears throat> and she was, uh, she was a little bit upset about it. And I said, I get that, but here's what, here's what you do. And I was, I was telling her. But then I said, did they tell you why? And she goes, yeah, they said it was weather. Well, you know, there's a time when airlines could get away with that. But now with weather apps and radar, you can't. <laughs> And so you figured out yourself. I went very quickly, working news and weather, <clears throat> and found out there was no weather between there and Pittsburgh. Mm. So I called the airline, whose name again I won't mention, but they have a big shop here. And I said, you know, what what's going on here? What's well, weather? I said, horse, <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> show me. I'm looking at the radar. Well, there's this and the upper level winds, and uh-uh. once again, horse, but even mm. bigger, show me. And I mean, I. I lost my mind, and they said, you know, we're we're going to give all of them vouchers and things like that. So, oh. Lindsay did stay the night there, but they took care of it. And fortunately, there was a, in Chicago they have a thing called the I think they're called yellow coats, and they work at the airport, and they are there just for the passengers in those situations. We got her to one of those, and she was able mm. to make it there the next day. But I hate it when they lie to you. Yeah. Now Southwest in the past has just said, you know, can't do it. I mean, they delayed us out of, out of Dallas couple of years ago, but it was absolutely weather. And finally, we got out at like 2.30 in the morning when it was supposed to leave at like 10.10. So was, you know, and then you're, you're, getting, you're gaining two hours to LA, but still, you know, you got a couple hours out there, so it's a long flight. But I've always flown them. So I, I just, I've had better success personally with them than I have others who have really put it to me more than one time. Um, a Delta once left me, left us in Denver for almost a day and a half. And, I'm, and I understand you can get backed up. If you're telling me there's no way to get me Biggest out of the airport in the country, too. <laughs> you can't go somewhere else. Well, as you know, the Denver airport's not in Denver. It's damn near in Wyoming. <laughs> I mean, it's just getting there to begin with that's the hardest problem. All right, we got to take one final break. I'm going to get into that, what I was talking about with um, uh, the firing of Steve Wilkes. I've got a couple of numbers for you I'll get to coming back here on The Blitz. The Blitz text line is always open, 918-262-5072. You can text us anything you want at any time. From the Oklahoma. A sports desk. It's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.
The women's college basketball last night, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls ended a six-game losing skid as they beat Texas Tech in Lubbock 60-50. Anna Gusters led the Cowgirls with 24 points. Freshman Staley Hurd added 16. The Oklahoma Sooners improved to 12-1 in league play for the first time since 2009 as they beat the Baylor Bears in Norman 84-73. Kirsten Johnson led the team with 20 points off the bench. Peyton Verholst had a double-double with 16 points and 11 rebounds. And the TU Golden Hurricane were down 13 with five and a half minutes to go, but were able to rally to beat UTSA 74 to 70. Tamira Poindexter was the game's leading scorer with 20 points. Delaney, Car- Delaney Crawford had 15. That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2 Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. Many people have today. Just got another one. Thank you for doing that on Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. Closing it up here along with Bryce Hall. I'm Rick Corey. Uh, the text came from Rachel, and it was still about Romo a little bit, and about Kelsey. And she was saying that she, I'm going to paraphrase, but she said she was very glad that Jason held Travis accountable. And she believed Travis should have immediately come out and done that himself. And he might have in something I missed. I'm not sure because he certainly in the podcast, yeah. you know, did. She also said she's not a fan of um, the, the the behavior at the parade when it comes to the guys and the drinking and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and she said Handy Reid handled it really well. And then this is the last line, the best one. It said, <laughs> Romo equals donkey. I will not be able to unsee or unhear this. <laughs> yes, you'll remember it. All right. I said I was going to get into a little bit of uh, Steve Wilkes being fired as a D coordinator at San Francisco. You know, Shanahan talked a little bit about linebacker play, that kind of thing. But if you want to look at pure numbers since he took over, and it's only a year. You can only compare last year to this year. Opponents points this year, 298 to 277. So, yeah, they gave up more. They gave up more points per game. Uh, They gave up more first downs. They gave up a bigger third down percentage, and they gave up a bigger fourth down percentage. So numbers-wise, yeah, he didn't have as good a year. Uh, Don't know if this is scapegoat yet, though, or not. No, I I don't know yet. I mean... What, certainly when you look at some of the numbers immediately, it seems like it from my standpoint, but I'll see what you bring to the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, uh, we only have 45 seconds, but tell us the Detroit Mercy story. Okay, so Detroit Mercy, uh, they were 0-26 this year in college basketball. They finally beat a six-win team at home, and we saw a guy storm the court. A guy <laughs> storm the court. And you know what? Good for that guy. Absolutely. Because I think it would have looked a little sad if it was like just a handful of people, you know? But when it's just one dude, it's like, own this moment. Good for you. <laughs> what did it look like there was in the stands? Did you Could you tell? Uh, it was very sparse or uh, yeah, sparse. You know, a it's smattering. A, yeah, yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it, they could have all joined in and it would have looked sad. Yeah. So again, it, it was nice to just have one guy out there. You know? <laughs> it's just funny. And, you know, I did see somebody say, you know, you'd have to, it's the world's biggest degenerate bet if you were going to bet on that game. I know some people Look, that probably would. I, I have been a part of two football teams who had lost 18 in a, in a row each. And the winner tore the goalpost down and took it away. And it was right here in Tulsa. <laughs> That's going to do it for a Thursday. Tune in to Pop and Colby and the guys uh, today for the show. Between 3 and 6, Dan Patrick is next, followed by Rich Eisen here on the Blitz 1170.